Good morning. This is Ed of Ed's Bookshelf. This morning we're going to continue with No Sad Song in My House. This is part two. Yes, sir. I will always protect her against everybody, he said as he stepped back and put his hand into his pocket. The motion was almost to rub the pain of his father's grip away, to rub it away against his thigh. Carol walked with her husband to the steps of the train. All aboard. All aboard came the portal's final call. Robert Jr. watched as his father whispered something in his mother's ear. She smiled, blushed, and kissed him softly on his lips. The three watched the train slowly ease out of Union Station. As the assorted windows slowly passed by them, they saw Robert Sr.'s face looking out at them. Many men were waving out from their windows to people they loved or pretended to love. Carol waved, Maybelline waved. Robert Jr. stepped closer to Maybelline and put his arm around her waist and looked at the red caboose at the end of the train. He never saw his father go by and out of their lives. The letters continued to arrive for Carol. In them, Robert Sr. would tell about the white soldiers who constantly called the Negro soldiers boys and Negroes and coons and make them feel more like the enemy than the ones they were supposed to help fight. We have to be careful here, Carol, he would say in his lengthy letters. We march, clean up, and train together, but we can't go into town by ourselves, if you know what I mean, his letters continued. Sometimes it's worse for me, Carol, he would say. They don't know how to take me. I'm a ghost. Can you imagine that, baby? They call me a ghost. His letter took on a desperate tone and droned on. His relief was writing to her, hoping soon to finish his training and to be sent anywhere but the place where he trained. I miss you all, Carol. It won't be long now. You'll see. I'll be standing on the front step wanting to grab you in my arms. How is my little albino queen, Maybelline, doing? Carol read each letter over and over. Such attention to his children, she thought. He really loves Maybelline. Most fathers would favor the boy in the family. Robert Sr. is sensitive to everybody's needs, especially his family. 
was Sunday morning and Carol was sitting at the kitchen table removing pins from her braided hair. Maybelline was in the bathroom admiring her face in the mirror, wishing she were grown and married. Robert Jr. was outside sitting on the steps, dreaming of what he and Maybelline would do that day. The soldier came. Is this the home of Carol Slaughter? He asked Robert Jr. Yes, sir, said Robert Jr., standing up suddenly. May I speak to her, son? The soldier asked softly. Is your mother in? He was a tall man, handsome. His uniform looked like it was brand new. The buttons were made of gold and his cap's brim was pulled down near his eyes so that you could barely see them. Mama, Mama, screamed Robert Jr. as loud as he could. Margaret and her little black brother, who also lived in the albino complex, were hanging clothes on the clothesline by their apartment. They watched Robert Jr. with his indifferent detachment. Say, boy, why are you so loud on Saturday morning, called out Margaret. People trying to sleep here, she continued. Yeah, joined in a voice in the night, as he was called by Margaret. Carol rushed to the door. What is it, Robert Jr.? Boy, you will wake the dead, she scolded. Carol then saw the soldier standing there and asked him to come inside. Carol sat at the table with her two children while the soldier stood. Taking off his cap, they saw that his hair was cut real close to his head, almost bald. The soldier removed from a small leather bag a folded flag. He handed the flag folded up neatly to her, and then he began to speak. Miss Slaughter, it is my duty to inform you that your husband, Private Robert Slaughter, Sr., was accidentally killed on... Carol caught herself as she was about to fall from the chair. She gripped the side of the table. The soldier continued slowly on while looking at the two children. On behalf of the United States Army, you have our deepest sympathy. We stand ready to assist you in any way that we can. He finally finished after what seemed like years, after which he stood still as if expecting an order. Years of this kind of duty had given him an aloofness which appeared almost mechanical. He cared. He tried to show it in his strained face. However, Carol could find only the words to ask what the others couldn't, but wanted to ask. How did it happen? The tears ran in torrents down her face. We believe he died in a jeep accident, 
when the vehicle flipped over on its side. He related in a matter-of-fact manner. Carol screamed. The soldier stood still, not knowing what to do next. Something about this time and the suddenness of it all transfixed him. Maybelline started to cry. Robert Jr. wept because May wept. For a while, the only sounds in the room were the sounds of different cries. They were as known for different reasons. Knowing not to move without reason, the soldier waited. His body will be arriving about two days from now. You will, of course, receive his insurance. We stand ready to help you in any way we can. I know you will wish to be left alone with your family, so I will leave now. Here is my card. Please call me at any time. The Army Chaplain will meet you at the station to help you with any arrangements you desire. His words were robotic, yet mildly sympathetic. His salute was a thing of beauty. Standing very tall, the soldier stood at attention and raised his arms slowly till the tips of his fingers touched the brim of his cap. Robert Jr.'s mouth came open in a kind of astonishment at the acknowledgement paid to his family. He thought he might want to be a soldier one day. The thought quickly vanished when he remembered why the man was standing in his home. The funeral was sad, as most are. Dressed in his soldier's uniform, Robert Sr. appeared only to be sleeping. The look of death had been covered by makeup, yet the stiffness of his jaws, the lift's puff, the reddish rouge on his cheeks, gave him the appearance of a department store mannequin left unattended and consigned to remain alone. End of part two.